to Trinity's daily Bible podcast, an opportunity to share scripture and hope together. Okay, okay, here we go. Hello, my name is Jason Katzma. I'm a residence hall director at Northwestern College, and I am grateful to be with you today. Today's scripture comes from Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 9. I will be reading out of the NLT. When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. You will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possessions of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So being a young man in his 20s, the, the, the latter part of this passage has been encouraging for many years. I, probably like many people, have been unsure of life transitions in the past. Is college going to be okay? What will I do after graduation? Uh, any hesitation or timidity inside of myself? The end of this passage has been an encouragement. Do not be afraid. Be strong. The Lord, has pers- the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And what a great truth to hold on to. God will be with us. It's really powerful stuff. I'm sure in the future I will need to come back to this passage to remind myself of what Moses spoke over the people of Israel and Joshua. I hope and pray you also know that God is with you. I could probably end the podcast right now and have enough encouragement and truth to be filled for the day. But that is not what I've been thinking about during this pandemic. Now, I'm a destination person. If me and my wife are are taking a road trip, I will stop at nothing until we arrive at our destination. Stopping for anything other than gas is a complete waste of time. The journey is only as helpful as long as we arrive at where we are going, which has made this pandemic hard for me. I I can't count how many times I've said a phrase something like this. I can't wait until life goes back to normal. I can't wait to play board games with close friends. I can't wait to travel to see my family. Working at the college, I'm lamenting the loss of two months of students being on campus. I can't wait until students come back. I've said so many, I can't wait, fill in the blank with whatever, so many times. I've said that phrase so much. Which brings us back to the beginning of this passage. Verses one and two detail how God tells Moses he will not cross the Jordan River. 
Moses will not reach his destination. I personally would be furious uh, if I could not get to my destination. Here's Moses uh, leading the people of Israel, and he can't get to his destination. I just, me personally, I could not comprehend that. So I recently read a book by Ruth Haley Barton called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, and it focuses a lot on Moses. And so I want to read a few passages from her book, especially about this verses one and two about not going into um, the promised land. So she says, since my Sunday school days, I have known the end of Moses's story. He got to see the promised land, but he didn't get to go in. Back then, I accepted this as the consequence for Moses's sin and allowed myself only a vague sense that perhaps it seemed a little harsh. But more recently, I have had to admit that it seems inordinately cruel. The words God spoke to Moses as he looked out on what might have been. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over. Seems like the coldest, most punishing, most withholding words that could ever be uttered to one who has been so faithful. In God's instructions for him to ascend to the top of the mount and look at the land before dying seemed a little bit like rubbing Moses' nose in it. Even so, I, I have read and reread the book of Deuteronomy looking for some evidence of an inner struggle some indication that Moses argued with God one more time on the side of that mountain. One thing we can feel pretty certain about is that if Moses felt like arguing, he probably would have, but I don't think he did. It is as if everything Moses had gone through had prepared him for that moment. Perhaps his experience of being called by God, of arguing it out with God and having him answer each and every objection with this promise of his presence, prepared Moses to say yes more easily to the calling that was before him now. All of his experiences of discerning and doing the will of God had brought him to the place where he knew, down to the bottom of his being, that the will of God was the best thing that could happen to him under any circumstances. Finally, there would have been nothing standing between him and the lover of his soul. And this is what I've come to see most clearly in the life of Moses. For Moses, the presence of God was the promised land. Next to that, everything else had already paled in significance. Wow, that uh, took me many times to reread that. That is so powerful to me. The presence of God was the promised land for Moses. It was not a physical destination. So I ask myself, uh, is the presence of God the promised land? For all the statements I've uttered of longing for things to happen, visit family, college students coming back, a hug from dear friends, regathering of church, etc., you fill in whatever you're longing for. With as good as those things are and will be once we engage in them again, this question will keep going in my mind. Am I satisfied in the presence of God? So with Moses being so present to God, it only adds to his encouragement at the end of the passage. Be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with you. So Ruth Haley Barton once again captures exactly how the life of Moses has been challenging me per, uh, personally. She says, every time I read about Moses's relationship with God, I am filled with longing. And it is not the longing to get somewhere, although there are always new places to get to. It is the longing to be a certain kind of person, a person who knows God, a person who is faithful against all odds and does not shrink back, a 
a person through whom God can perform whatever deeds need to be done, mighty or otherwise, but also a person who can be just as content sitting down beside a well or sitting on the side of a mountain in God's presence. Someone whose face shines because she has been talking to God. Someone whose every move is a result of an attempt to listen to God and then do what he says. Someone who, when God says, it is time to let go, it's time for you to come home, easily lets go and rest in the arms of this one whom she has grown to love and trust with her very being. And so, may it be said of us, individually and Trinity Church collectively, that our promised land is not a destination or a physical place, but our promised land is of our longings to be in the presence of God. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope to see you next time right here on the Trinity Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.